Welcome to the Stephen and Arjun's Football Podcast, where they discuss anything football, everything football. This podcast is brought to you by Starshot Bakery and Misuboy SG. Craving for party treats like cakes and cookies in Subang Jaya? Visit starshot.bakery on Instagram. Or would you like tiramisu in Singapore? Visit misuboy.sg on Instagram as well. Good day listeners and welcome to another episode of Football Universe. And today we're going to start off our brand new sub-season, kind of, where we, will be st- where we will be starting to touch on the World Cup 2022, uh, which is less than a month away from, from today. Uh, we are excited to have our co-host back and as well as our um, renowned <laughs> international football specialist, Cedric. Cedric, first of all, welcome back. Hi, thanks for having me back. No problem. We are very happy to have you uh, have an expert on our panel to discuss international football again after a successful uh, Euro 2020 campaign last year. <laughs> and oh, also, welcome back, Uday. Uday, welcome back. Hi, thank you. Um, it's been such a long, long hiatus, a long break, I guess. So, geared up and ready to go on. I was the first one here in this uh, Zoom recording. Mm. Good. Um, and last but not least, my co-host, um, Adun. Adun, welcome back. Uh, thank you, Stephen. Like Uday said, I think it feels really good to be back after a long hiatus. It feels good to be back now that MB is starting to win, yeah? <laughs> yes, that too. I'm not complaining. <laughs> Alright, um, since we have a Spurs fan and two MB fans here, we couldn't help but uh, plan to discuss a little bit of the last match between the two clubs where MU beat first 2-0. There were a lot of talking points. Um, first going to this match um, in great form. In top four, and MU is starting to pick up uh, uh, pick up some points along the way as well. And surprisingly, MU dominated Spurs. Was that right, Adu? Uh Yeah, that's right. And to be honest, I don't think it was very surprising um, given that Spurs have tended more to play on the counter-attack with Kane and so on. Uh, but what was more surprising to me was the manner in which United dominated the game. Uh, they had 28 shots on goal. Uh, sorry, 28 shots total with 10 shots on target. If the finishing was <laughs> if the finishing was better, uh, it could have been a 4-0, 5-0 scoreline. And uh, mm. the defense was really good as well, completely shutting out the Spurs threats. I think Spurs really missed mm. Kulusevsky going forward. Uh, they missed that bit of... Um, Spark, I guess. Um, Kane and Son were completely nullified. Uh, it's not just United that had a very good game. I think Spurs had a bad game as well. Um, they were outplayed all over the park. And this was probably the best match that I've seen from United under Eric Ten Hag so far. And Casamero seems to already be the signing of the season for United. Well, only one match if you're saying he's the signing of the season. Okay. I mean, right, um, uh, we're going to. Sorry, I mean, just to interrupt, I think we've all been saying over the years how United have been trying out for a defensive midfielder, a pure defensive midfielder, and Casamiro is the answer. Uh, the only problem is he's 30. <laughs> okay, like, uh, I, just, I just brought up a good point there, the crying out the defensive midfielder. We've been waiting, we've, ever since the Ferguson days, we've been looking for someone like, we always assume uh, we would get uh, a replacement for 
our Roy Keane and Paul Scholes pivot, but we never ever got that before. We had the likes of um Michael Carrick playing there, but not as great as them. You know, of course, when 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 great partnerships end, you know, it takes a long time to develop a new partnership and everything. Then we had this uh McFred, you know, the even we even had Fellaini try to take over, you know, pair up with Michael Carrick, but I think Casemiro is really doing a good job at this. Casemiro, Ericsson, although they may be a bit old right now, um, I can see at least for the next one or two seasons being uh, somewhat of a good pairing or a good uh, base for Manchester United to build on for the next one or two seasons. Yeah, good point, Woody. Um, all right, to go to Cedric. Cedric, what do you think about uh, what they just said? Do you yeah, agree? I guess, uh... Everything they said is is true. Uh, I don't really have much to add on. Uh, other than, um, I think it's a little uh, un. I I guess I can't say unfair because it is the luck of the draw. But like all of uh Spurs' big games this season so far have all mm-hmm. been away from home. Like the the next the 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 home game against Liverpool upcoming. That's their first home game against a big team. And uh, Spurs is not good away from home. So if you were to judge uh, Spurs against the big teams this season just by looking at versus Chelsea, versus Arsenal, versus MU, you know, uh, I think it's it's still too early to to say, you know, uh, to say like, you know, Spurs are in trouble or whatnot. Um, mm-hmm. I'll wait until they lose against Liverpool at home. Then I'll, I'll, I'll start ringing some bells. Uh, but... Yeah, last night wasn't not last night, but a few nights ago, that wasn't really a surprise. Uh, I did hope for a draw. I I think mm-hmm. like expecting another six one is is insane, but you know at least at least hold a draw because uh Conte is able to like grind out results, but uh and you played really well and it looks like they found uh Eric Ten Hag has found the right uh the right combination uh to play with and uh it looks like most of the effort was uh saved for to uh for that night against Spurs. Then that's why you saw they were quite lackluster against Newcastle. Uh, so mm. I think MU is now going through that Liverpool phase that we saw in like the 2017-2018 where Liverpool had problems against the smaller teams, but then against the big teams, that's when they when they up their game, you know. So if if MU goes on that same trajectory, uh it could be it could be worrying for other teams as well. Uh yeah. So but as for, for Spurs, this is this is kind of expected for me. Although I did want to draw, uh, so it's about just going back to winning ways this week. Uh, hopefully, hopefully go back to winning ways. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, you mentioned just now about the luck. Yeah, sorry, Rudy, go ahead. I, I have to interject there. I I mean, yeah, MU generally at the start like lost to Brentford at Brighton, and the so-called smaller teams. And I have to agree, but I don't. I mean, Newcastle isn't a small team. Like, sure, they are relatively smaller than Manchester United. They're not that small. They, you know, they're coming better. They did draw against Man City. Um, did they draw against Liverpool or did they just like just slightly like lost to a last minute goal? I can't remember exactly. Yeah, last, last minute goal. goal. Last minute goal. Last yeah. minute goal. So you know, Newcastle is more of a high mid table team. But I mean, MU. Is going upwards. I can see that trend as well. Um, we may have performed poorly against the smaller teams at the start, but that was because the philosophy wasn't in there. I mean, it's gonna take forever for the philosophy to come in. But um, until then, like I think I see Manchester United uh, going in an upper trajectory. We didn't really 
play our full potential against Newcastle. I have to agree that, but we still dominated that match. Mm. Uh, there was a penalty shout that wasn't even there as well. There was a Ronaldo goal that was ruled out for whatever mm. the referee said. Apparently, the re- the referee already blew the whistle. So, um, yeah, just wanted to interject at that point. And I also think mm. that uh, Cedric brought up a very good point about the draw. Uh, even for United, actually, three out of the four big matches they have played so far has been at home. And those are the three that they have won. And the one away match big match that they played was against Man City, in which they lost. So there does seem <laughs> to be some validity to his point there. And uh, like him, probably I would also, we should also reserve judgment for United's performance against big teams until there's uh, been a few away matches as well. So probably starting with this weekend against Chelsea. Oh, okay. All right, a quick one before we go towards the World Cup. Um, Arjun, the Ronaldo incident. Apparently, he refused to come on to play at the club and yeah. he left the stadium two minutes earlier. What do you think about this? Uh, to be honest, I, I don't know whether they felt this, but I think a lot of United fans saw this coming yeah. <laughs> for quite some time. Uh, Ronaldo is never going to be happy sitting on the bench. Uh, he's never going to be happy with when the team is doing so well and he's not a part of it. Uh, that's just who he is. And that's how he has been so successful. He's been so hungry. Uh, yes, he hasn't uh, performed well enough to be included, but uh, I mean, he's definitely in the wrong there. I, I, I can't defend him whatsoever. I think Eric Ten Hag did absolutely the right thing uh, by banishing him from the squad for the game against Chelsea. He did mention that there will be consequences and these are the consequences. And Ronaldo, as big of a player as he is, uh, probably has to accept that the team comes before him. Uday, how about you? I mean, I, I am so shocked right now that Ronaldo is... Yeah. So upset that being honestly, like <laughs> I'm not shocked. Like I think uh, Arjun's right. Um, does does he have the rights to do that? Uh, I I I don't think so. He's no one man should be above the club. I think that happened before, like in other in other instances, and like oh, okay, so David Beckham, so rude when he's try, and um, this we got to continue. Doing the Manchester United way, which is you know, no one plays above the club. What surprised me most was that he refused to come on to play. You know, he doesn't. He doesn't look like look look to me like a a player who does not want to play football. Even if it's yeah. just two minutes. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I guess he's upset. He doesn't want to do these two minute cameos or fifteen minute cameos because he feels like he can, uh, be a bit more impactful, but. That's his role right now. He has to do that. And if he's not interested to do that, then off he goes to whatever mid-table Champions League team that's interested in him. <laughs> all right. I think that's all for, for Premier League for this, this episode. We'll now move on to the World Cup. Today, we're going to preview um, one of the hot favourites for the World Cup, having finished in the semis. Um, during the last World Cup in Russia, and as well as the runners-up during the last Euro 2020. Um, we're going to preview England. We're also going to talk about who Gareth Southgate might choose as, uh, as his final 25-man squad. And also going to predict how England are where going to finish the World Cup this year, uh, later, later next month. Um, first of all, Cedric, um, how do you rate England's chances this, this tournament, this time round? 
on paper, uh, they should reach like quarterfinal, semifinals, but mm -hmm. I think they're in for a shock. Uh, their, their momentum is bad going to this tournament, getting relegated from a Nations League group that had Hungary in it. Uh, I mean, hey, no, no, no shade against Hungary. You know, you held their own in Euros and top, uh, almost topped the group and all that. Mm. But England shouldn't be finishing fourth in a group that includes Hungary. So that's very bad momentum going to the World Cup. And at the World Cup, who are they facing against? Against one team that has kind of home advantage, kind of. Uh, two teams that uh, won nothing more than just to beat England. They, they are okay to lose all their matches as long as they beat England. So if England mm. doesn't wake up, they are going. Uh, this is going to be a a a, a short tournament for them. Uh, it could be as bad as like uh France twenty ten. It could be as bad as France two thousand two. It can be as bad as Germany twenty eighteen. You know, although mm -hmm. and 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 that will happen even without them winning the World Cup. You know. <laughs> yeah, I think you're right there regarding like two teams that really want to beat England. You know, um, Scotland yeah. in Euros twenty twenty uh, twenty twenty comes to mind. Remember. They yeah, lose that. they drew new new, I think. Yeah, they drew new new. Yeah, and now we have Wales. Uh, Wales is also a, a team that that wants nothing more than just to beat England. And here's a fun fact: mm. USA has never lost to England at the World Cup ever. Oh wow! Okay. Yeah. Wow. So you are predicting them to to maybe crash out the group stages? I won't predict that because if I'll look very stupid if they, they make it through. Because on paper they should. They should top the group easily on paper. Mm -hmm, but mm -hmm. um I don't think uh, if they go on the group stages, I won't be shocked. Like if uh, like you know, I, I mentioned just now, I expect them to go qualifiers or semifinals, but if you tell me, oh uh England got knocked down the group stage, I'll be like, yeah. <laughs> it is what it is. Okay, all right. Arjun, how about you? What is your prediction for England this, this campaign? Uh, I agree with Cedric in that uh, their momentum has been really bad. I think some of their big hitters from the previous uh, tournament or previous Euros have not been doing too well. Harry Maguire has not started the game in so long. Uh, Harry Kane has been doing decently well, but Sterling hasn't been playing that well. Rashford hasn't been playing that well. Uh, so, that I mean, the, the team is evolving, but uh, Southgate seems to have his loyalties to players who did well in past tournaments as well. So I think I agree with him. I don't really rate their chances here. Although, according to the bookmakers, uh, England are tied third favourites for the 2022 World Cup. So the favourite is Brazil, second favourite is France, and third favourite is England yeah. tied with Argentina. Which is yeah. insane to me. <laughs> which is insane to me. So I... I uh, <laughs> I, I don't think they are even going to reach the semifinals. Uh, my prediction is for them to reach like the round of 16. I think they're going to squeeze by in the group. And uh, yeah, but I think they'll crash out in the round of 16. If you put money yeah. on England, you deserve to lose your money. <laughs> exactly, exactly, yeah. <laughs> All right, Udi, do you share the same sentiment? Do you think that England will crash out in the group stage, finish round of 16, or even go far and win the tournament defense? I mean, like Arjun already said, France has the higher chance of, like, you know, winning. So, like, France is clearly going to beat England in, like, the quarterfinals if, you know, the things work out, you know, this draw works out, France plays England. No, I mean, I think, um, I honestly, World Cup's unpredictable. 
uh, England has as equal opportunity as other countries as well. I think that England will, uh, yeah, England has a possibility of crashing out in the group stages, but I don't want to sound like, uh, like what Cedric said, I don't want to be too confident in that. All right, thanks, Ubit. Actually, I come into this podcast predicting that England will finish in a round of 15, crash and round of 15, and I thought that the three of you would predict that England would go far. But then again, um, I agree with all of you. I think um, what you all didn't mention there was the recent uh, in the, the recent form that England was in. Uh, they did not manage to win a, a game in the Nations League group stages, and and, and they crashed out. You know? uh, like what Sadie said, they relegated, and recently their form is is terrible. Yeah, so so probably, um, you know, I think I think form is very important. Carry, uh, carrying it into a big tournament and with no friendlies coming up. Um, yeah, I, I also predict that England will fare poorly in this tournament. Um, all right. So now that we have our prediction, I think we should go first with your twenty-five man squad for England. Given uh, if you are Gareth Southgate, who would you choose? Uh, so I have a 26-man squad. Uh, <laughs> oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um, I think that I agree with the three keepers he chose. Uh, I don't really see a better keeper. So it's Dean Henderson, Nick Pope, and uh, Ramsdale. Uh, I think... Has he three... chosen a three keeper? Who chosen the three keeper? No, no. I think uh, these were the three keepers that he has chosen for his past few matches, I think, when he okay, shortlisted okay, the squad. Okay. Um, as for the defense, for my right backs, I would take three right backs as well. But... Given that Reese James is out, uh, I would choose Trent, Alexander Arnold, Kyle Walker, and uh, Kieran Trippier. So, I feel mm-hmm. Southgate is uh, wrong in not in continuing to snub Trent. Uh, I think Trent offers a lot for England, especially in the right wing back formation, given that he would have mm-hmm. enough protection with three at the back. Uh, especially in games against uh, smaller teams, perceived smaller teams, where they would sit in a low block I think Trent really comes in handy as uh, you know someone who can create chances from that right side. So I think he's really important to have in the spot. Carl Walker, of course, can play right back or right centre back as well. Quite versatile, fast, uh, can cover for Trent. Trippier can play right back, left back, uh, quite versatile as well. And I think has been doing traditionally well for England. As for the centre backs, um, I will take uh, Cody, Connor Cody, Kuehi. Oh, okay. Uh, Guini, okay. uh, the Crystal Palace defender, John yep, Stones, yep. and Tomori, Pikayo mm-hmm. Tomori. So these are the four centre-backs. Okay. And given that Carl Walker okay. can play centre-back as well, so it's sort of like five centre-backs, and I think that would be sufficient. Um, of course, the major omission here is Harry Maguire. And I think given that he hasn't played much for United, um, he's, he won't be in good form, and he wouldn't be match fit. He hasn't played well. I don't think he deserves a place in the World Cup squad. Mm-hmm. So I would not bring him. Uh, and for the left-backs, I think um, it has to be Chilwell and Shaw. Um, I don't mm. think there's much debate there or much competition mm. there. Um, as for the midfield, I've chosen Jude Bellingham, Jordan Henderson, Mason Mount, uh, Madison, Rice, and Watt-Prowse. So that's uh, six midfielders. Um, of course, uh, Bellingham has been doing really well and uh, England I think even in the last tournament centre midfield is an area where 
they didn't have too many choices. But I think more people, more central midfielders have come to the fore for England in recent, uh, recent times. I mean, most notably Jude Bellingham, Mason Mount, and Madison. Uh, they have really shown, and I think they deserve the place. Jordan Henderson has to be in there for his experience, and he has been playing consistently with Liverpool as well. Uh, and Rice, of course, is probably one of the few uh, top quality defensive midfielders that England has. And James Ward-Prowse yeah. for his uh, set-piece ability. I think he, you mm. just can't miss him out. And then for yeah. the attackers, um, I've chosen, of course, Harry Kane. Um, Harry Kane, Foden, uh, Bowen, Jerry Bowen, mm-hmm. uh, Saka, mm-hmm. Sterling, mm-hmm. Tony, Rashford, and maybe Tammy Abraham. Um, so, as for the attackers, I think Kane, of course, uh, is probably the first name on the team sheet. Uh, Phil Foden mm-hmm. has been doing really well for Man City. Uh, he gives a different option. Jared Bowen has been doing well as well. Um, Saka has been doing really well for Arsenal and provides mm-hmm. a very good option on either wing, right wing, left wing. Um, mm-hmm. Sterling has not been doing exceptionally well for Chelsea, but uh, he is a really good player and he can turn matches by himself. And he has turned matches by himself for England in the past. Um, Ivan Tony, of course, uh, given his form, he deserves a World Cup spot. And Rashford, uh, although his form has been a little inconsistent, I think he offers something. None of the other attackers offer a direct pace uh, on the counter. And, of course, a uh, wildcard inclusion in Tammy Abraham. He's been doing pretty well with uh, AS Roma. He can be a good backup option in the squad. And of course, there are two players that I couldn't or uh, probably narrowly missed out for me, which was Ben White and Joe Gomez. So mm-hmm. the reason for these two is both of them can play on the uh, fullback, right back position as well as centre back. And they have uh, played well when they came in. Uh, ben White has been playing well for Arsenal. Joe Gomez has been filling in quite well for Liverpool recently and mm-hmm. could be a surprise World Cup pick. So those are my 26. Uh, 26-man squad. Sorry. Do you have Jadon Sancho in there? Nope, I don't. <laughs> so, yeah. Wow. Good, 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 uh, uh, good pick out. Uh, I don't think he yeah. deserves, deserves to be the squad based on his recent Wow. Form. I don't think he's been good yeah. enough. I don't think he's been consistent enough. So, uh, wow. given the other attackers at England's disposal, I don't think Jadon Sancho deserves a place. Okay. Yeah. Alright, thanks Arjun for sharing. Um, next, we'll go move on to Cedric. All right. Uh, so for goalkeepers, uh, I'm a bit different. So I'm going to drop Henderson. I'm going to take Pickford mm-hmm. instead. Uh, because uh, just based on Southgate's uh, uh, priority, like he, he always says that I pick players on form, but no, he doesn't. He's just like the rest. He picks players on clubs. And Nottingham Forest is 20th <laughs> on the table. It's not Henderson's fault, but it is what mm-hmm. it is. So I think he'll go with Pickford and then uh, he'll go with Pope and uh, Ramsdale after that. Uh, right back, same as Arjun, uh, Trippier, Walker, Alexander-Arnold. And uh, in terms of the centre-backs, uh, the difference is that I'll have Ben White in and uh, actually I don't have... Uh, who did I take out? I can't remember. Okay, but I have Cody, Stones and Tomori. So the other three are Cody, Stones and Tomori. Don't have Oh yeah, no Gwehi. Yeah, no Gwehi. So I put, yeah. I'll put Ben White in there. Uh, he can play right back, but I don't think England needs another right back. Uh, <laughs> and so, uh, but I'll use him as a centre back. Yeah. Uh, now in terms of the left back, I'll have Chilwa and Shaw. Uh, I guess because there's not enough options there, so we're left with those two. 
uh, not to say that they're bad, but you know, uh, not as uh, not don't have the array you have on at right back. Uh, in terms of the midfielders, my starting three will be Declan Rice, Bellingham, and the Mason Mount. And then depending on whether he comes back from his injury, uh, Calvin Phillips. If not, then I'll take uh, Jordan Henderson. And then we will have Watt Prowse as well as uh, James Madsen. Uh, in terms of the wingers, so my starting wingers will be Saka as well as Foden. And then uh, for backup, I'll have Grealish, I'll have uh, Rashford, I'll have Sterling. And up front, of course, Harry Kane. Uh, but uh, backup will be Tony as well as Tammy Abraham. All right. Thanks. Cedric, I have uh, one question. Do you have Dyer in your squad? No, I did not have Dyer in my squad because Dyer is Tottenham's Harry Maguire. And <laughs> I'm sure if uh, uh, Uday and, uh, and Arjun would know this from watching the match the other day, he was a fourth <laughs> of one of the goals. <laughs> the reason why okay. Dyer has looked good is because Gareth, uh, Conte has done what Gareth Southgate does for uh, uh, Harry England, which is play a back three, play two defensive midfielders, and you shield him from every bad thing that's gonna happen. So he looks very good when he has to deal with the bare minimum when there's like four defenders around him. <laughs> uh, so that's I have why a, he looks good. Yeah. I have another question, Cedric. You had Jack Grealish in your team. Yep. Uh, do you think he has done enough? The reason I have Jack Grealish in the team is because. He can do moments of magic. Like the reason why he doesn't look as good at Manchester City is because uh he's made to do more things. He's made to uh he, he has to follow the way that Guardiola plays. You know, Guardiola's being a very strict tactician where you, you have to uh besides just attacking, you need your position play needs to be well, your pressing needs to be good as well. But if you in the dying seconds, if you need someone to create uh, uh, chances you put Grealish on I mean we saw that happen mm. in the Euros when Grealish comes on how much better England looks so I would have him as a backup that comes in later in the game but yeah I, I won't start him uh, last year I was saying start Grealish this year I'm not saying that this year I'm <laughs> saying put him on uh, near the end of the game okay fair enough alright uh, finalist Udi please share your list hi uh, yeah so um, I have Pickford, Ramsdale, and Pope in goal. Um, I think everyone has said Trippier and Trent Alexander-Arnold as their right-backs. I have Ben White, Eric Dyer, John Stones, Connor Cody, and Ben Mee as the centre-backs. Um, oh, and then ben I... Yes, Ben Mee from Everton. I have uh -oh. some very interesting picks, yeah. <laughs> um, and, uh, Brentford, actually. Uh, oh, yeah, sorry, Brentford. And then I have Shaw and Chilwell, that seems pretty straightforward. Um, and then I have Bellingham, Ward-Prowse and Rice as my defensive midfield shield. I have Mount, Grealish, Saka, Madison, okay. uh, Foden. Another pick that has not been said is Eze, Eberise Eze. I didn't know it was English, by the way. Um, then Rashford, Sterling, Abraham, Tony and Kane. That's 26 people in my list. Wow. Is it? That's an interesting pick. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> I like Eze. I like Eze. Uh, the only thing Eze? is that he's not very consistent for me. But yeah. he's, he's, yeah, but he's, he's good. I like him. He, yeah. he helps. Uh, he, he plays well on Crystal Palace. He does. He does. He has, he has the really good eye test as a fan that's watching from the outside. And 
I like him. And Cedric, I don't know whether Dyer is Spurs' Harry Maguire. I don't think that's the case. I think Harry Maguire is still worse than Eric Dyer. And that's why I have it in my list. <laughs> he is, man. I've been the thing is, uh, I don't know if I have time for this, but <laughs> Eric Dyer, uh, in the past, like he was the up and coming uh guy who could play anywhere. Like, I thought he was gonna be uh Tottenham's Philip Coco. If if you guys know who Philip Coco is, he was a Netherlands player who could play anywhere. He could play oh, anywhere yeah. on the pitch as a goalkeeper. So like uh John O'Shea? Uh no, no. <laughs> uh he could play midfield. He could play right back, center, yeah, center back. So he could play, uh, he could play wing as well. Mm-hmm. So Eric Dyer had a lot in his, in his, in his, uh, in his, uh, uh, what's that word? I, I, okay, but basically, he has a lot in his arsenal. Ironically, I'm using that word, but he has a lot <laughs> in his arsenal. But as he got older, he got worse. I don't understand that because usually, if you get older, you you you'll be reaching your prime or mm. whatnot. But he he got worse. Like and that's why they couldn't play him as a center mid anymore because he's always uh 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 opponents are able to just go past him and then it will hit the center back. So they needed a they needed the midfield to be stronger to make sure it doesn't hit the center back. That's why I talk about Harry Maguire because mm-hmm. uh how England plays is it goes through Declan Rice encounters and they'll yeah. block it out to yeah. make sure that uh it doesn't hit Harry Maguire. And if it does hit Harry Maguire, he has enough time to prepare. So yeah. that's what the, what Spurs is doing with Eric Dyer now. Which is to protect Eric Dyer. I always wanted a new centre back. Uh, there's rumors that Bonucci might come to Spurs. I hope that's true, but I know it's not to replace Dyer, which is sad. But I do <laughs> wish that Bonucci comes to replace Dyer instead of playing next to Dyer. All right, All right. I see your point. Uh, yeah. Thanks, Cedric. Um, to be honest, Uday, I also have Abrechi Eze in my squad. All right. <laughs> okay, go ahead. Yep. <laughs> okay, just a quick one before we end. Um, um, similar to your goalkeeper, I have Pickford, Ramsdale, and Pope in goal. And actually, I would actually pick uh, Ramsdale as my first choice goalkeeper if he continues to perform for Arsenal. Um, right backs, I have Trent and Walker. I do not have Trippier in my squad. I have Ben White there. He has been playing well for Arsenal this season. At, at right back, I'm surprised as well, but he is there. Um, then uh, my centre backs are Dyer. Gomez, Maguire, and Stokes. Wow. That's back on uh, Shaw and Chewell. Yeah, actually, I was going to... St- I am going to start Dyer and... Okay, I-, I will start Gomez and Stones as my first choice if Gomez keeps up his form. But then if Gomez is still, you know, injury-prone and whatnot, I'll probably bring in Dyer. And go- of course, Maguire is my last choice. Now. But he's um, still on the squad. <laughs> yeah, he is, he is in my squad. Okay, all right, uh, go on. I mean, like, he performs well for England. So, so, so yeah. Anyway, midfielders, um, Henderson, Rice, Philip, Bellingham. Um, for some reason, the website that I refer to put Foden as midfielder. So, Foden, Mount, Saka, British, James Ward Prowse, and Eze. I have 10 midfielders, including the wingers, of course. Um, and last but not least, my forwards, Kane, Sterling, Rashford, and Tony. I thought I'm the only one who can choose Tony, but apparently all of you choose. I mean, he's been all playing right. really well, so... Yeah. Tony yeah. is right. like okay. such an MU player, and you have two MU fans here. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah I don't have Sancho in my squad as well. I think nobody has Sancho in their squad, right? Yeah. 
For me, it was between oh, Sancho or Rashford, but uh, I like Rashford. Very back. surprising. Yeah, I think Rashford offers okay. more. Yeah. I think we are running out of time. And before we go, Cedric, uh, once again, thank you for joining us. Hopefully, uh, we'll have a good campaign uh, in the next month or so. Yep. Looking forward to it. Uh. Yep, it's a good start. Um, and also thank you, Uday. Thank you for joining us. Oh yeah, welcome. Hope you call me for the France one, unless you have another guest. <laughs> <laughs> and also, Ajun, thank you as well. Yep, good to be here. Oh, by the way, happy Diwali to the both of you. Oh, thank you. Thanks, happy Diwali to listeners. Happy well. holidays. And also, yeah, to all of our listeners, we celebrate Diwali. Happy Diwali. Okay, cheers. Um. Guys, thank you for listening in to the Football Universe podcast. This podcast is brought to you by Starshot Bakery and Football SG. We'll still see you again next time in the next episode of our World Cup review. Once again, thank you and bye-bye.